Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast alongside Hunter Pulaski. I am Peter Garber. We are live in Petoskey for this Wednesday edition of the Great Lakes Golf Podcast. Thanks for joining us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on radio this evening, 1047 FM, 1340 AM, the ticket in Petoskey, Charlevoix, Boyne City area, 93.7 FM, the ticket in Cadillac, Traverse City. In this week's episode, we'll preview the Houston Open. Uh, PGA Tour back stateside at Memorial Park Golf Course, a municipal golf course down in the Houston, Texas area. Scotty Scheffler in the field, among some others. So we'll give you a full preview and our picks. Tough event to handicap, but we'll find some picks in there for you. Uh, Hunter has some results from the LPGA Tour as they head towards their tour championship for this season. New Golf Digest Top 100 Courses ranking is out. Tell you which Michigan courses made the list where they rank, and uh, maybe uh, uh, talk about the course on the list that you most want to play, maybe, Hunter, if you haven't uh, played there before. We will recap Iacoba, where Russell Henley, my favorite guy to bet, basically won the tournament on Saturday. Is it fair to say that? I think at one point he may have been up by a touchdown on Saturday in the golf. It was an incredible blowout. Something about that golf course and blowouts, I guess. Um, and on the same number, ultimately, we'll get into it, but the same, a four-shot margin on the same numbers as Victor Hovland the year before. Uh, so crazy. But first, Cord Ferry Tour Qualifying School has concluded. Uh, third stage in the books from Savannah, Georgia. Willie Mack III from Flint, Michigan, is now a Corn Ferry Tour member with full status hunter your takeaways from final stage of qualifying school that concluded uh, just a couple days ago on Monday. Uh, I'm obviously super super excited for for Willie. Uh, this has been a a long a long time coming, I think, for him to to finally get some status on the on the Corn Ferry um, on the Corn Ferry Tour. I just hope now. It's, this is just so cutthroat. Like you better play well. And you guys, he's got eight events because he finished just outside the top ten to until the reshuffle. So it seems like he's playing some really good golf right now. I mean, he's playing the the shots that that I saw on on Monday when I was watching were he really seemed like he was in in full control in a situation where a lot of people probably would struggle just given the fact that he has been close so many times, just hasn't been able to get over the hump. So uh, obviously very proud of, of Willie. Um, unfortunately, Alex Scott from Traverse City missed it by one. He finished, I want to say, at two under. Um, just made a ton of pars in the backside. I think, he, I think he made nine straight pars to finish out um, his last nine. Probably just couldn't get anything to fall. Uh, I believe he will still have some starts on the Corn Ferry, just very just limited starts. So when he does get the opportunity uh, early in the season, obviously he needs to play some some very uh, solid golf. I'm trying to see uh, where, and then uh, well, you see the general direction. I think this we were talking about this as it relates to the PGA Tour as they sort of clamp down on who gets to keep status as they move from one season to the next 
and the way that they changed the schedule, like you have to do what Taylor Montgomery has done on the uh, on the PJ tour and a couple other guys, meaning come out of the come out of the gate strong. So really, for the Corn Ferry tour, it's what February, I guess, that you're coming out of the gates. But these guys really have that amount of time to sharpen their sharpen their skill sets because you're right, particularly for somebody who's subject to the reshuffle. There's immense pressure on you to perform at the beginning of the of the season, but yeah, congratulations to Willie. I think it's noteworthy to look at his scorecard from the final round. You know, he came into the round on the outside, looking in. You mentioned nine straight pars for Alex Scott being a bad thing on the back nine. Uh, for Willie, it was a good thing because he started his final round with a pair of threes, a birdie and an eagle, then dropped a shot at the third before. Bouncing back with a birdie at the fourth, and then birdies at six and seven to go five under through his first seven holes and turn in 31. Once he got to five under, uh, he casually went about par, uh, making par on his last 11 holes of the day. So some really solid golf as you look at the scorecard there from Willie. And you're right, it, it was... He obviously had the right frame of mind, whatever it was going into that final day, because he came out of the came out of the blocks charging fast and, and moved himself quickly into that uh, into inside that top twenty five threshold. So rounds of 67, 73, 71, and sixty six, five under sixty six in the final round to tie for twelfth. He moved up twenty nine positions uh, just in that final round when the pressure was. Uh, at the highest so congrats to willie and well played yeah and then i think we have to i mean just other other notables uh bo Hogue shot 65 on the final round to end up taking medalist honors chris got up kind of kind of shot himself on the foot on that would have been hole 15 he made a double bogey chris is the the standout from oklahoma that just graduated last year had a little bit of success kind of in that the summer stages of last year's PJ Tour season. I'm, I'm thinking like it was like the John Deere Classic and one other event. Was, I believe it was right before. Yeah, it was the Twin winter, Cities maybe. Yeah, maybe. It was the like the maybe the week before uh the week before the John Deere that he had like a fourth place finish. But he was he was in the lead for a while there. He started out he was 5 under through 6 holes on his final round, ended up Parring everything except for that double on his fifteenth hole, uh, Chen Kim was was really um, playing awesome golf. He shot 68, 64, 68, finished with a seventy one on the final round to uh, to miss out on medalist honors by one. So he'll still have the twelve starts, but obviously you're looking for the full status is nice. I was reading about this morning. I mean this the format changes are are really really have my brain in quite the pretzel so there this is the last corn fairy q school is it yes okay so where do we go from here that's i was trying to read about it and i that is something where i'm gonna do i'm gonna this is my promise to the listener you're gonna have to deep dive that hunter because i don't have the i don't have those answers for you so i i know that this was the last corn fairy and i believe next year 
corner the Q school it's going back to the, the true it's going back to a PGA Tour Q school where the top five guys from Q school get a card next year PGA Tour card but so how do you qualify for the Corn Ferry Tour it's so it's so confusing it's all it's all based off of those changes that that were made just here the last three months or so um, with the th- rather than doing 25 and 25 cards now it's top 30 cards for Corn Ferry. Mm-hmm, over, for the regular season. Over 26 events. Right. So that is my promise to listener. I will figure out more about the Corn Ferry Tour being done, Corn Ferry Q School being done, and now it being back to how it used to be, but with a limited, less players getting a card back to how it was. I think that was like 2010-ish, 11-ish is when that changed. And by the way, we had one other Michigan guy in the field at qualifying school, which was Zach Robbins, who went to Cleveland State from Grand Rapids, shot rounds of 73, 75, 72, 70, played better in the final round, shot a one under 70. For a six over total and a tie for 120th. Speaking of things that are really complicated, do you know exactly, because we were celebrating guys getting through second stage because they get conditional status. This is 120, 120... 136, 146 guys in the third stage uh, of Q school. That's a lot of guys to have conditional status. What exactly is that status? Like, where is a guy? Do you know where a guy like Zach Robbins or a guy like Alex Scott is going to be playing next? Or is that part of the deep dive that we do heading into next week's episode to try to figure out what exactly that is behind that that uh, moniker of conditional status? Yeah, I'm not sure there's there's many people in this world outside of maybe Rob Bolton that know that answer. And I'm not sure I'm not sure six days of deep diving I and could get Rob on the line with. Yeah. I'm not sure I could dive deep enough to figure out what conditional status means. You mentioned it early earlier in the episode. I believe the t- this if you made it to final stage of Corn Ferry Q school, you have Corn Ferry you are a Corn Ferry tour member. Is how I've is how I understand it. Well, that can't be true because that's a hundred. I, like I just said, that's a that would be one hundred forty six guys with a corn ferry tour status. Just, just no, just just corn ferry membership doesn't mean like stat. I don't think it means status on. Like I think you get the. Um, okay, we're really getting into the weeds here. What's the difference between being a member and being having status? I don't know. I don't think that's right, dude. I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna, now I'm under the gun, and. Why don't you Google that? I'll tell you about some of the other guys. Bo Hogue, like we said, finished 14 under and uh, medalist. Chan Kim was second, 13 under. Got her up, who Hunter mentioned, finished at 12, along with Chase Seifert, uh, who who played well. Uh, re, regains some status uh, after being up and, up and down PGA and Corn Ferry last year. Thomas Rosenmuller uh, came in Fifth on 11 under par. Ben Coles, uh, the Duke alum, 10 under par, tied for sixth, along with Jared Sawada. Paul Peterson tied for eighth, along with Frankie Kappen, the third. Those guys were nine under. Stephen Fisk, Chandler Phillips round out the top 10 at eight under par. Uh, Curtis Luck, a guy you guys might be familiar with, the Australian, good player, tied for 12th. Right there with Willie Mack on seven under. And some other notables. Uh, Vince India 
from Illinois, tied for 24th, shot three under in the final round. Um, uh, Patrick Flavin, five under, tied for 24th. Uh, Michael Johnson, tied for 29th, uh, four under par total. Um, and then some guys who were a little bit farther down the list here. There's Alex Scott at uh, tied for 45th, a two under total. Wee Kim, a two under total, tied for 45th. Spencer Levine still grinding, shot three over in the final round, tied for 45th. As did Julian Etchelaine, Brandon Haggy, tied for 45th. All guys who we saw teeing it up in PGA Tour events last year. Cole Hammer, tied for 59th. Dalton Ward, a guy we'd mentioned a couple times, tied for 59th. Chris Nagel, who uh, got through several Monday qualifiers. This year, shot 75, four over in the final round to finish on a one under par total, tied for 59th. Uh, and then just a couple other notables, Brad Hoffinger, Jim Knaus, uh, Ryan Blum, Bavik Patel, Sam Saunders, Cody Gribble, uh, Alex Fitzpatrick, the brother of Matthew Fitzpatrick, just among the names here on the outside looking in after uh, final stage of qualifying school. Now, what exactly, how far to the outside they are exactly? I Hunter? Yeah. Okay, so 2 through 10 guaranteed 12 starts, exempt from the first two reshuffles of the PG, of the. Um, Corn Ferry Tour season. 11 through 40 in ties are guaranteed entry into the first eight events, exempt from the first reshuffle. Reshuffles happen every four events on the Corn Ferry Tour. 11 through 40. So that is the that is the, what Alex Scott from Traverse City missed by one. Yep. After their guaranteed starts, players are subject to a reshuffle, which I just mentioned. It's all based off a priority of... of where how, you how are on the points list at Correct. that stage when they reshuffle. So an emphasis on a fast start, which we've been talking yeah, about. big time. Um, players who finish beyond the top 40 in ties have conditional status. They are not guaranteed starts, but they earn entry into tournaments on a space-available basis. Keep in mind, Alex finished 45th. So only five, five essentially five spots. You would think five, about five spots out of the top 40. They are not guaranteed starts, but they earn entry into tournaments on a space-available basis until the Corn Ferry's first reshuffle, which occurs after the fourth event. So we're hoping that he plays in three of the four events, maybe? Two of the four events? I think I think these guys are, honestly, I think they're lucky to get into one. It, Why would there be space available? Because uh, I think, who who's filling the field? How many guys are on the Corn How many guys... Kepler Corn Ferry Tour card. 70, 75? At least 75. Okay, so you have 75 there, and then you have 40. That's not really a, that's not quite a full field yet, though. What about the guys coming back from PGA? None of those guys have, sta- has, have Corn Ferry status. They all went to third stage of Q School. That's where the 125 through 1, that's where the one, 126, 126 through 200, 200 come from. They went to th- third stage of qualifying school? I thought they got corn fairy status. So that's 150 then. Correct. So we're already up to 150. Yes. Plus 40. 
these guys, these 40. Oh, yeah. That's 190. Like, yeah. those 40 aren't even, not even all, those guys outside the 11 are not all even all going to get into that first event. I wonder if. I think it's really dicey. Like, I don't even think it's a guarantee that he plays in one. Yeah. That is, yeah. No, very, I mean, obviously. So, I think yeah. he probably, if I mean, we should talk to him and ask him about this. It might be good to talk to him and catch up with him and see what his plans are, how he handles this. But my guess is he probably goes and tries to Monday. Yeah. Into these corn ferry events. And then he's also, you know, there on the property. Hopefully he has the, you know, the money to travel so that if there's withdrawals or whatever, then he's one of those guys sitting waiting in the wings to get a Thursday tea time. But I think that's about as good as that, that conditional status is because you've got, you know, if you're looking at a 156 is considered a full field. You have seven seventy-five leftover Corn Ferry Tour members, members seventy-five demoted from the PGA for one fifty, and then the you, you mentioned one through, mm-hmm. you know, Bo's fully exempt, and then those other guys through eleven. You're almost to one fifty-six already. Tough life. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a tough way to tough way to tough way to to make it happen. I not, mean, these guys. Exactly. A lot of these guys too. You look at these guys. Bohog, Ben Coles, these guys are not, they're no, no, these are not spring chickens. Even Willie, you know, well so, into his, you know, into his 30s at this point. So, I mean, it brings up a, a very good question of what is, what is keeping somebody here? I, I guess the, hopefully this problem goes away now the next year once there's the new PGA Tour Q school. But why not go to whether it be the the DP World Tour Q School or go to the the Asian Golf Tour and do it that way? Because you're guaranteed. Even if you make it, it's not like you're. Even if you finish in the top, even if you finish 35th last week, it's not like you're guaranteed. If you just have a little bit of a slump, you're screwed. Right. Yeah. No. I think you're, I think you're probably right. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I think there probably is going to be. More of a dispersion, I guess, to these other tours, if you want to call it that, from American golfers. I don't know how it's all going to fit together. I know that these guys who played well in this event t- took advantage of a great opportunity in a in the midst of a lot of unknowns moving forward. I mean, that is probably the hardest, one of the hardest golf golf tournaments played anywhere all year long. I mean, that is it's very very difficult to perform under those circumstances so congrats to Bo Hogue and Willie Mack and you know it, yeah and the other guys I mean congrats to Alex Scott for playing as well as he did for Zach Robbins to get into that third stage it's uh you know it's impressive impressive stuff all the way around mm-hmm. um similarly impressive stuff all the way around came from Russell Henley <clears throat> over the weekend do you rem- happen to recall, Hunter, that we had a bet last year about whether or not Russell Henley would win a tournament? I believe it was a sandwich bet that one of our many, many sandwich bets that we just <laughs> forgot ever having made. That sounds that sounds. I don't so think either up. one of us has ever eaten a sandwich or a piece of pizza or anything as a result of one of these bets. I think at okay, one point we, can, we, can, we, we actually we can, teamed we, up to make a bad bet instead of eating a sandwich. If anything, right now, I might be up a sandwich. Or no, it's actually back to all square because our one. Well, we had you a owe me a bet. Russell Henley sandwich. No, because you owe me a Michigan State sandwich because they covered twenty three. I never said that Michigan would cover. 
I think I said I may have even said the opposite. So you probably owe me two sandwiches. Oh, I'm not sure I took Michigan. But I actually said I stuck my neck out and said Russell Henley was going to win an event on the, in the on the PGA Tour last season. Um, I'd like to go back and maybe roll the tape on that because maybe I maybe I actually said this year and it is still November. It is still 2022. I will have you know. In which case, I would have actually been right about that. But the point was, we even talked about Russell last week. When I was going through the fancy national rankings, the modeling that Hunter loves so much here on the Great Lakes Golf Podcast that I love to do, and on radio, 93.7 FM, the ticket, Cadillac and Traverse City, and, and uh, 104.7 FM, the ticket, Petoskey, Charlotte, Boy, and Boyne City. Thank you, everyone, for listening tonight. Um, I've, I'm, I was said had remarked that his ball striking was incredible and he was absolutely terrible he was 125th going in the field and putting last week going in he obviously putted lights out because he created quite a bit of separation between himself and the rest of the field last week any 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 big takeaways from Maya Koba there's something weird about that tournament Bless you. That results in four stroke victories at 23 under par. One guy gets to 23, and then everyone else is at 19 or worse. I For the bl- second time in three years. Or, I, or was it, no, it was the second time in a row, I think. I'm having a tough time wrapping my head around you bringing up this whole Russell Henley sandwich bet. All for it to not even be, all for not. Not even to be in the same season. Yeah, no, I... I Wrong on a technicality, <laughs> but really the, the 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 point is still that I was mostly right. I'm uh I'm I'm happy happy for uh, Russell. It's good to see. I feel like when you when you're a bad putter, this is me maybe speaking from a little bit of experience. It's nice when you have a big lead, like it just free obviously it just frees you up. You feel you feel you're not. Well, it freed, freed Ben Griffin up a little bit too much, even at the uh, the week before in Bermuda, when he built a big lead and he said he got too comfortable. Yeah. Um. Correction: <laughs> It was two years ago that uh, Hovland won by four. But it, it's just, my apologies to. Uh, it's just no, gonna be it's nice when right. you just ignore everything. Just ignore everything <laughs> I said. Gosh, dang it. Well, now that we have you. No, 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 no. I was right. The lesson to be learned from all of this every time. The problem here is that they try to make the season a different year than the year that it actually is. So it's the 2023 Mayakoba that we just played or whatever. So when you try to go look at past leaderboards, you never get the correct, you never get the year correct. That, yeah. I, um, are you following what I'm saying? I'm, I I am, but there's there's I think there's easier ways of going about it than how you are. Sunday, November seventh, twenty twenty one. For the let the record show, Victor Hovland beat Carlos Ortiz by four strokes, twenty three to nineteen under par, which is exactly the margin and the totals that we just saw from Henley in the twenty twenty November of twenty twenty two. Correct. Events. Yep, you're all everything's everything you're saying. Everything Please start makes talking sense. so I can stop. That was one of the worst rambles you've ever, probably ever had in our, our three-year history of this show. Embarrassing. My apologies. 
my goodness. <laughs> he might have just Are we done yet? He might have just derailed us. <laughs> uh I didn't um didn't didn't watch a ton of uh didn't watch a ton of this event. If we're, if we're being uh, completely honest, I am happy for Russell. Um, I guess my point that I was making before you went on your little tangent is it's just it's got to be nice when you are 120th plus on the tour and putting when you're up by that many to those six footers for par start look the hole starts to look a little bigger when it's not uh, a make or break every single time. And that was my point. And then also, um, well, thank you for making that. This is a terrific point. That is that is all I really have about the the Worldwide Technology Championship at Mayakoba. Did you happen to see the top one hundred courses from Golf Digest yet? But you know what? Before we do, let's before we do that, why don't you catch us up on what's been going on in the LPGA? We've been talking a lot about the college and high school stuff this fall. We have not talked as much about the LPGA, so Hunter's going to catch us up a little bit on that. We had a first-time winner. And then here on the Great Lakes Golf Podcast on 93.7 FM The Ticket, 104.7 FM The Ticket, Spotify, Apple Podcast, we will get into the top 100 from Golf Digest, tell you which Michigan courses made the list, where they rank, and we will preview... And I will actually have picks for Memorial Park Golf Course for the Houston Open in Houston, Texas, even though I don't like this event or this golf course. Just come right out and say it. That's coming up after Hunter catches us up on the LPGA. <laughs> if you haven't noticed, Jay, I think Peter Peter realizes we're a little we're a little short on content this week. So I think he's I think you've said that promo <laughs> four times so far. That is not at all what's happening. <laughs> okay, we we are going to catch up a little bit on the on the LPGA because I have been I have been slacking with the ladies. So we did have a first time first time winner, and I believe she's been on the on the LPGA now for five or six years. This is Gemma Drybaugh from uh, Scotland. Uh, she this was at the Toto uh, Japan Champion yeah, Japan Classic. She shot 71, 67, 65, 65 uh, to finish at 20 under par. They only have two events left in their uh, in their season, including one more regular season and then the uh, Tour Championship. They are off to the Pelican Women's Championship, which is in, uh, I believe that's pronounced Bel Air, Florida, which is also, we might have to talk about the, the match that was just scheduled. This is uh, this week, November 10th through the 13th. Uh, past champions of this event, uh, Nelly Corda is the past champion. So Second year. Second year. Short list. Uh, third year. Is she won I, twice? Is what I um, saw. I'm so good at just putting Hunter on the well, So there's one defending champion. There's one past champion, meaning she won each of the previous two um, so I was I was hoping that you weren't gonna um, ask any follow up questions, but it kind of it kind of begged for a follow up question, Hunter. Because what what happened, <laughs> which I'm struggling to to figure out, is <laughs> there's a lot lists, of it's a lot of us struggling to figure things out. Gonna go ahead and say that halfway through here, that's a theme of of tonight's show. It certainly is. But I've actually so this is also I've done the research. 
but it just doesn't make any sense. It, it His lists. brain has not been able to process the research that's been conducted, folks. Uh, the research, trust him, the research has been done. What to make of the research, though, that will require further research of its own. Well, imagining my, imagine my brain having to process and then also take into account Peter just rambling Don't and then having to keep my brain on track while also listening to him ramble for like the most important thing you nothing. can do here is not listen to what about i said nothing yeah. so it has past winners but it has nelly quarter listed twice under 2021 so i i, I think it's is the third for year shame lpga why can they not digitally get their Poop in a group. Man. So in, in 2020, the inaugural winner of this event was like C. Another Mayakoba thing with the dates. Yeah. Does the LPGA do this? The I LPGA is still in the 2022 season. So. I was I was thinking that, but they're the same scores. She shot 17 under in both, same splits. Okay, so we're like that's getting. So I think it's just a mistake, probably. Strange things are happening. Uh, and then just a quick. Whoa. Does it have to be quick? Can it be long? Uh, it could be. Uh, so let's just do a quick little, uh, a quick little top five of the LPJ race to the CME Globe uh, standing so far. So Lydia, Lydia Ko has had uh, a pretty phenomenal season so far. She's played in twenty events, two wins, thirteen top tens. Um. Oh boy. Uh, Are you sure about that? What? Is that correct? That is astounding. What? Lydia Ko? What you just read. Yeah, that is correct. 13 top 10s? I got, I have. Is that a record? I have more for you here. Uh, so, Adia Titikal has played in 25 events. She has 15 top 10s and two wins this season. She's in second place. Minji Lee is in third place. She's played in 19 events, two wins, and six top 10s. Brooke yeah, Henderson. A little more realistic. Yeah. Brooke Henderson played in 20 events, two win, nine top tens. Uh, he Jin Choi uh, is in fifth place, and she just has 10 top tens. Jennifer Cupcho, three wins this season. She's in sixth, four top tens. Okay, so the, a couple a couple observations there. Cupcho has three wins. Not to get too far... Just spending so much time in the weeds today. How is she behind somebody who has zero wins? Um, because Cupcho only has. She's got four top tens and three wins. She's got a three wins and another top ten. She should be ahead of somebody with ten top tens, unless that person has like five seconds. I guess we we could go to the next level on that, but. I I, I I call I call that seems fishy. They might need to recalibrate the so, point scoring system over there on the on the LPGA. What in the world? So uh, three wins, you're like immediately gonna be player of the year, aren't you? He Jin Choi is who is in currently in fifth place, the one that Peter's uh given all the flack to. Uh so so far her ten top tens are a first off, I don't see a single. She doesn't have a single finish outside of the top thirty this season. Okay, that's good. 
So starting, we'll just start. That in, counts. Those, those we'll start dollars in, uh, I do think now that I now that I know who she is, I think she does have a couple seconds. I, uh, I actually she, recall. So that. she has a T eighth, a third, T six, T eighth, T ninth, third, T fifth, T six, T second, yeah, T twelve, T third. So she I and mean, she's a very <laughs> very consistent. All right, and then what's coming? What's coming? How far away are we from the tour championship? Uh, the tour championship is November seventeenth, that weekend. Um, that is at Tiburon Golf Club, on the Black Course in Naples, Florida. Uh, and Jin is Young- that the one where the eighteenth is a par three? Tiburon having a par three for an eighteenth. There's three courses, so I don't know. I I don't know. Like, uh, isn't that is that Midland Country Club that has a? I haven't played there in so long, and I think they've done a. Haven't they done a reroute? Uh, Jin Young Cho, or yeah, Jin Young Ko is the three-time defending champion of the Tour Champion. She likes Tiburon. She likes Tiburon. Yes. She loves some Tiburon. Yes. Uh, have you seen the top 100 courses? All right, so these are the top 100 courses from Golf Magazine, golf.com. Um, they do post their methodology, but we got three courses from Michigan in the top 100. Hunter, do you want to venture a guess as to which three they are, since you have not looked at this yet? Uh, I'm going to guess. Um... One of them is in northern Michigan. It's an unnecessary hint, but. I want to say I think Crystal is probably one of them. That's correct. Is that the northern one? It is. And then I think um, is the south course on there? Oakland Hills South is on the list as well in the top 100. That is two out of three. You're and, doing quite well. And then I uh, actually probably Arcadia. No. I don't know. I don't Kingsley know. Kingsley Club. Kingsley Club. So two out of three are Northern Michigan of the three courses that made the list. Oakland Hills South is 19th. Crystal Downs is 20th on the top 100 from Golf Magazine. And Kingsley Club is, I believe it's it's towards the tail end. Let me just double check it here get it for you guys. Um, are you surprised by... Any of that, Hunter. Kingsley Club, 90th out of the 100, by the way. Uh, no. I don't really know how. Have you played Kingsley Club? I have not. Okay. Have you played Crystal Downs? I have not. Have you played Oakland Hills South? Yes. That's yeah. really fun. You lucky dog, you. Um, but I've never played. I was That go- course obviously been redone. Sorry to cut you off. But yes, it has. Um, and it was, I was 14. Um. It's interesting to read about that redesign. I don't know if you have spent any time on that, but they really apparently that Donald Ross wanted that to be much more like Parkland open style, a little more like Scottish, mm-hmm. and it got tighter and tighter, and the rough got longer and longer. Like it's not really going to look like the way that we remember it looking in that U.S. Open when Angel Cabrera beat Tiger Woods. So it'll be interesting to see that. Um, obviously, that's going to host some big tournaments down the line, but. Yeah, that's number nineteen. Um, well, you're lucky to have played there. Yeah, I wish I, I want to play. I think I already have a connection to play Kingsley Club next year, hopefully. Um, 
Crystal just I don't know if it I don't know. I've heard mixed. So pol- Crystal Downs is so polarizing. That's what I've that's what I mean I've people heard. hate it. Yeah. Well, and I think it's got a lot of those characteristic uphill approaches that Mackenzie and uh Maxwell were famous for. I mean, yeah. we just talked it. We talked a ton about Mackenzie and Maxwell this year when we were previewing the PGA Championship from Southern Hills, which I, has a lot of those same things where you're playing uphill and the course can feel unfair because of the tabletop greens and the runoffs and just how far below the level of the green mm-hmm. your ball may end up if you don't hit it into the correct sort of portion of the green. But Crystal Downs feels like the kind of golf course you you will appreciate much more the second time around uh, when you're know what to watch out for and what to look out for. Yeah. I was, I, I'm pleasantly surprised to see Kingsley club make it inside the top hundred. That's a really cool golf course. Um, special place, really understated, definitely a traditional kind of layout, but also or a traditional kind of design, but a modern layout in the sense that there's like a good mix of holes, short par fours and stuff like that. And there's a bottle of, Jameson hidden behind the 18th tee, which is cool. I think it's the 18th. It is, uh, goes without saying, but <laughs> top 100 golf list may be like one of the most subjective things in the, in the history of list. Well, that's why it's interesting that they actually post their methodology. What is, what are their, what is their Not methodology? Not to get like too, too deep what do you into mean, it, because do I don't mean? know if the that's, average that's person all we've done today. cares, but they actually like rate, it's not just like these are the ones we like the most they're actually what like, are what's the rating well do you, I, I can't we're in I, the weeds. I, i'm not gonna like read this article to you but i can try to give you sort of a, a summary perfect um so they have a group of panelists apparently it's 97 they're effectively work as voters and they're trying to create a ranking through that by asking um, each panelist to A, provide a list of 489 courses to start with. That's a bit more than 100. This is just the U.S., by the way. And then they have 11 groupings where they're trying to, uh, where they ask for the ranking. So if a, a panelist considers a course to be among the top three, they check a top three box. If it's four to 10, they check a box 11 to 25, 26 to 50, meaning buckets. Does that make sense? Yeah. From one to 100. Yeah. yeah. And then they aggregate those hmm. to create the ranking. So it's not like one guy or two guys. I thought it was a little more involved in terms of like, it's a ranking on like, like, you know, you ever watch The Voice on NBC? Oh, yeah, I've spent a lot of time. And I've never actually watched the show, but I've spent a lot of time watching the auditions on YouTube because I always find those fascinating. Really? You watch those? Oh, yeah. That's that's really odd. I never would have taken you for an audition watcher on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Singing auditions? Oh, yeah. Love You're not it. really like a musical guy, are you? Nope. <laughs> no, not at all. I probably, I probably just sit- We need that for golf. What is the equivalent of The Voice in golf? The big break. Like, I was uh, thinking about that the other night, too. I don't you know how that show got the, cut. That was a great show. Let's go to the match real quick. Well, actually, 
quickly. Do you think anything was missing from that top? Like, are you? Do you think there's a golf course in Michigan that's definitely better than Kingsley Club that should have made the list, or that's definitely better than Oakland Hills, or definitely better than than Crystal Downs? I know you haven't played all three of those, but uh, no, I don't think so. I, I'd be. I think there are. Has Forest Dunes never cracked the top hundred on any of these lists? I don't know. Crazy that they. I bet you that I bet you they're all over the like, public. Forest Dunes is right there with a course like Kingsley Club. I mean, Kingsley Club is different, but I think built the, on similar soil. Like, uh, there's some similarities there, and I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I obviously. I think the list of courses that are just, if we consider those the the best of the best in Michigan, I think there's a lot of really good, great golf courses in Michigan. Well, I'd like to know a top. I'd like to see a top hundred for just for the state of Michigan, which exists, definitely exists. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be in our one of our winter months, one or one of our winter episodes. We'll dive into that. Well, I was thinking about yeah, because we're about to have a big break in the PGA Tour season here momentarily, after this week, I think actually. Is it this week or the next couple of weeks? But um, we go on a ho- bit of a holiday break mm-hmm. before we come back with some of those. Uh, what is it, the Sony or whatever? Which I'm sure Russell Henley will win that too. Former Sony Open champ. The match. Speaking of big break, Tyga and Rory gonna take on Jordan and JT. Are you excited about that at all? And why can't they do more of a skills thing instead of just playing nine holes? Don't Twelve you, holes. Twelve holes. Don't you think it'd be interesting to watch these guys do like mess around like you like you do with your buddies or, or when you were a kid or whatever around the short game area where they're playing like horse or something like that? That where you're you know. Well, you're, you're pulling in, off crazy shots around the green, or whether breaking the glass, or going over the board, or whatever. I mean, that to me is fascinating compared to just watching these guys go out and walk twelve holes. Because too much of part of that presentation is meant to be the dialogue between these players, and everyone, these broadcast companies, and these people putting all this money behind these matches have to understand that more times than not. That part of this stinks. Yeah, I think this has potential to be the one of the better ones, though, of as far as the dialogue goes. I think because they're all friends. I think it will be the probably the best dialogue, and they're the most normal. Yes, is this the first one where it's four four golfers? I think so. That 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 entices me a little. That bit. will help too. The quality will be better. Um, I like the fact that it's under the lights. I've always been a big component of like. The, of under the lights, I think that's an awesome concept. I think it's probably way too expensive to ever actually do regularly. But you see all these courses in um, Asia that have under the lights, and I think it's an awesome concept. I would love to go out late at night. We need one of those up here. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine how much money it would cost? I can't even like begin to think. Insane. Even if you just had one, I don't need to be that bright. It's br- totally impractical and I don't even need it to be that bright. I just need like one light behind the green. Maybe one light kind of like just in the middle, middle of the fairway-ish. Like kind of like near the landing area. And then maybe one light at the tee. Well, aren't you confident in your own game? 
Just give me I a think... little bit of a bulb next to the hole and one kind of right in the middle of the fairway, about 320 out. I'll be fine. I'll make birdie here. I don't think that was what I was saying. I was That's thinking, I was thinking um, more just if we're thinking as simple as possible. Um, but I am, I am, I am somewhat excited for, for this one. I think I was obviously we, we talked about it last time. These matches maybe losing a little bit of their luster. So this will be a nice change of pace. Co-ed skills competition. Well, you're you're in luck because Co-ed did, did you not just see the big investment from the from the Tiger Woods group for that Monday night? The Monday night uh, skills competition that's going to be starting soon. No, this is what I rely for you on. There Here is. I am going on and on about the skills competition. Tiger's doing that already. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Tiger... Well, hit me with the deets on that. I will try here. We do not need to spend a lot of time previewing the Houston Open. No, we don't. Because ain't nobody care about that. Foundation. Almost, including me. I like the uh, Maya Coben Bermuda much more than I like this. Not a great golf course, not a great scene, not a great field, not a lot to love. Not a lot to love, folks, about the Houston Open. Okay. Five and a half to one favorite. And it's no, it's not Russell Henley. Even though maybe it should be. He's 25 to one. So Tiger Woods having a skills competition and and the match, I know they've just announced that, but let me get the let me get the date. You guys are probably wondering when the heck, when are they actually gonna play that? I will tell you. <clears throat> okay, so this is from. You want to give a date real quick? December tenth. Okay. December tenth for the match. Also in Bel Air. I think it's at the same. I believe it's at the same course. Yeah, you're right. It is at Pelican. You're right. And it will be broadcast on TNT, benefiting Hurricane Ian relief efforts. Okay, so this is a. Uh, this is from a group. I'm, I'm assuming this is supposed to be Tomorrow Sports. It's TMRW Sports. It's a um, a Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy group. And they just got a, a very hefty list of investors for their new virtual golf league, which is going to start in 2024. Over 50-plus high-profile investors, 26 of them are either active or retired athletes. Um, Steph Curry, Alex Morgan, Josh Allen, Lewis Hamilton, Serena Williams, Shohei Atani, Sidney Crosby, uh NFL owners like Arthur Arthur Blank from the Falcons, John Henry from the Red Sox for MLB, John Blitzer from the 76ers. So what they're what they're doing is it's essentially 15 regular season matches and playoffs on Monday night primetime television between with skills competitions whether that be um, virtual long shots, real golf on an actual green, chipping, putting. There will be six teams of three PGA Tour golfers are expected to compete, but Woods and McIlroy are only two confirmed so far. Uh, 
was one of the many announcements. So it is going to become more of a, it is all skills. Primetime television skills competition. Monday nights. I'll be watching. Yeah. I will be watching that. I think it's... I think that's a cool idea, and I think they should involve people who are not necessarily PGA Tour players, too. Whether that's LPGA Tour players or amateur golfers or whatever. I think it should be... Uh, you get some of those investors to come out. People will watch Sidney Crosby you know, hack it around on a, on a skills competition on a Monday night on TV. We watch freaking idiots dance and dancing with the stars or singing mass singer. Oh, I, I mean, I definitely we think... We like that kind of thing. I mean, it's a direct... Uh, I'd like to see how far Josh Allen can hit a golf ball. Well, you have seen it. It goes a long ways. Really? Well, he's been in the matches. He's strong grip. A little over Big the, hug? A little over the top. Oh, oh the little like pull, pull, little pull, little pull fade. Yeah. Hey, you can play that. You oh, can you play you a pull fade. You certainly can. Um, so I think it, it's, it's just a direct... This is a... Uh, a direct attempt at trying to to target the younger audience. I think it's. I mean, I don't think it's any secret that that the younger audience is not necessarily ready to sit in front of the television for seven hours to watch golf. And well, think, it's also like something that you can package and, and make available on demand in an easy yeah. way. So, I, I which think the it, PGA Tour, by the way, should be doing. I should be able to go watch an uh, one hour video if I if I can't watch on Sunday or whatever, and I wake up on Monday. Why can't you repurpose that content for me? Well, you so can't. That I you, can watch it on demand. You can't watch because you don't have the television. You don't, <clears> you don't have the channel. That would be apart from that. <laughs> say I'm traveling or something. They don't do highlights of the of the golf. No, they do. The, have you seen? Have you watched the highlight packages that the PGA Tour does for their golf tournaments? I think so. I didn't think what's wrong with them. They're so bad. Are they? Yeah, they're like five minutes, and they're not well put together, and they don't show any. Full shots, like you don't. You just get a sense for who, what, when they made the putts that they made or whatever. Like all the shots are from the green, basically. Interesting. Unless somebody like sticks it to a foot to, yeah, on the 18th to win or whatever, then they show that. It's it's not the best highlight package I've ever seen, Hunter. Interesting. Memorial Park Golf Course, the Houston Open. How exciting! Um, we thought about betting Scotty Scheffler at. A very, very short number last week. Boy, we're going to have to think about that again. He played great to close out the week after switching putters. Look out. He was another one of those guys that stood out when we looked at the uh, looked at the stats last week getting ready for Mayakoba as being up there in the ball striking and struggling with the flat stick. Is that going to turn around now that he's got this new putter? It certainly turned around on Sunday at Mayakoba. Um, we're in Houston. Scheffler, obviously from Texas. I don't know exactly uh, where in Texas he's from or where he chooses to live. I don't know that a lot of these guys choose to live in Houston, apart from Patrick Reed. Um, <laughs> just a rick- ricochet, but you'll certainly just a hear ricochet a ricochet shot at Houston. <laughs> hear a little, hear a lot of guys supporting some of the. Texas kind of players. I think if you're really feeling lucky, maybe take a super, super flyer long shot on like a Charlie Hoffman top 10 or something this week because I'm sure you can get some crazy numbers and he's finally starting to put some things back together. Memorial Park Golf Course. Um, Muni, 
built way back in 1912, but they just redid it. It's tough. It is tough. Um, cut was one over uh, last year. Winning score, I believe, was 10 under par. That was Jason Kokrak. Um, we a very weird list of winners. You notice that? Like I was, I was. There doesn't seem like there's much rhyme or reason behind Kokrak in 22, Carlos Tortiz 21, Lanto Griffin. No event in 2019 because of COVID. Ian Poulter, Russell Henley, Jim Herman. But remember, this golf course, this tournament changed, been, been changed. Around. Yes, it's been moved around like a mother. Because this is only year three at Memorial Park, I believe. Correct. Um, Scotty Scheffler has the course record on this golf course as ace eight under par 62. And Kokrak and Ortiz are very similar players in that they excel with long irons. This is a par 70. But there's three par fives, five par threes. I think I've heard that some of the touts that I've looked at and watched this week have really emphasized driving. It's not, it's fairly open. I'm actually not going to do that. I'm going to emphasize iron play, in particular longer approaches. That is the skill set that is consistent across the past two leaderboards here, I believe. I also think you can gain a lot of strokes putting, so you will see like Martin Trainer tie for fifth here. That guy can barely get it from the tee to the green, but he can put the absolute freaking lights out of it. Um, and so this golf course, because there's big, big, big everything, big greens, uh, and not a ton of trouble, you can make up strokes on the green, so you might see a couple weird kind of pops from some putters. But I'm going to emphasize long iron play, ability to play in the wind, par 3 scoring, par 5 scoring, par 4 scoring, and just look for value because there's not a lot there. I Scheffler kicks it off at 5.5 to 1. Burns is behind him at 12 to 1. Finau, 16, along with Aaron Wise. McNeely and Montgomery are twenty to one. These are all DraftKings. Hideki Matsuyama is the first gives you the first feeling of a good value at twenty two to one. Jason Day, Russell Henley twenty five to one. Let's go to fifty. Denny thirty five. Matthew Neesmith, who rates out really well in a lot of the stats I just said, is forty to one. As is Davis Riley, Andrew Putnam, and Sahith Gala. Joel Damon has crashed down to 45 to 1 after a good week last week that we profited off of. Thank you very much. And Taylor Pendrith also 45 to 1. Closing out the 50 to 1 and under is a big list. Keith Mitchell, Emiliano Grillo, Will Gordon, who continues to play some good golf, another bomber if you like that angle. Hadwin 50 to 1. Norin 50 to 1. Taylor Moore, Siwoo Kim, all 50 to 1. So. That gives you a sense of this field. It's not great. Um, Hunter, anybody standing out there to you in the 50-1 to and unders? You love Taylor Montgomery. Are you willing to go 20-1 to on Taylor Montgomery this week in Houston? No, I'm not going to. No, no, not at all. But I don't know. I think you have to. I think you simply just have to keep riding at least a top 20 at plus 125. The guy is on absolute fire. I I don't think he is... I'm not quite ready to say he's gonna he's gonna win, 
But I swear to goodness gracious, every time I look at the leaderboard on the weekends, he I don't have to scroll very far to find Taylor Montgomery's name for the last month and a half. I have been very, very impressed with how well he's been playing. Yeah, quickly looking at the uh, course history here, last couple years, notable results. Henley coming off a win. He was 29th in 2021, 7th. In 2022, he also won this Houston Open way back in 17, 2017 on a different golf course. Um, Scheffler tied for 32nd in 2021. We mentioned he had a good finish here last year. He tied for 2nd. McNeely, 20th and 19th. Wise, 11th and 26th. Adam Long, a pair of T11s. He normally plays well this time of year. He's not playing well right now, though, so caution there. Hickok, a 58th and a 4th. Matsuyama tied for 2nd back here in 2021. Did not play last year. Sam Burns has a pair of T7s. He is, I mentioned, 12-1, to 1, the second favorite here uh, in, his, in both his appearances here at Memorial Park. Jason Day has a tie for 7th on this golf course also back in 2021. Damon tied for 5th here last year. Alex Smalley. Tied for 15th. Aaron Rye, Max McGreevy both played well here last year. Tied for 19th. Those are some of the relevant results from some of these guys over the past uh, couple years. Um, uh, like I said, only a couple years of data here on Memorial Park. But guys who don't play great. Jimmy Walker, I think, back in the field here on a sponsor's exemption. He's missed the cut each of the last two tries. Danny Will at a cut and a withdraw. Um... Anybody else here? Mullinax, who I kind of want to play this week, got cut here last year, but I, I do think he might be a good play. Duffner cut both of his last tries. Martin Laird cut both of his last tries. Maybe a few guys to try and stay away from uh, this week. I I love Scotty Scheffler. I mean, are we are we thinking that this tournament is that easy to handicap? Um, I don't I don't mind Scotty Scheffler. I'm, I'm sure he's heck not going to bet him at. What'd you say he was? Five, five, and, five and a half, and a half to, one. to one. He is plus one sixty to top five. <laughs> Tough numbers to take, but I don't. I, and so I, let's I, just say Burns is plus one fifty to top ten, which is interesting. I mean, I think this is this is obviously on the back of a of a very good Sunday last week. Um, but if he would have just played like average, average, not even average, just played a good round last Sunday, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. But a sixty-two about Scheffler? Yes. Oh, I probably would have been. I don't know. I, I, you, I think he's so much for for a guy that all for a guy that all he does is talk about value. Well, it's I him, Burns, really and uh, the only guys that present any kind of value here are him. All right, Burns, enjoy that warm weather this weekend. Get out, other guys. Are, uh, other guys. I'll be over here trying to figure out the at least twenty-five and under are not bettable at those numbers. Five and a half is though. I can't bet. Would you rather? Let me ask you this: Would you rather bet Scotty well, Scheffler plus five fifty or Aaron Wise sixteen to one? Thank you. No. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> yes. I see. So it's not like the other options are good, comparatively speaking. No. I, I, I'm uh, looking for ways to invest in Scotty Scheffler. I mean, I need to like parlay Scotty Scheffler, and then like the Lions winning on Sunday. I don't know who they're playing, but. To get my, to um, they prove my they odds. are playing the Giants, I believe. There's so that's a little a, chance for this the... virtual impossibility that they can beat the Giants. Um, is this a Thigal? Is this a good Thigala course? I was just, I was just about to say that. That would be too much emphasis on the irons. I didn't hate, I didn't hate that pick. I, I don't know how Jason Day 
is twenty-two to one. It's crazy, and I've heard people that like him this week. I also think like you people I who think do you this to... more often than I do. I think you need to find a better book. Your odds are wacky. Yeah, DraftKings is not. You had so many. If you see good numbers over there, shout them out, damn it. I think. Well, that's that was. You must have said twenty-five names below fifty to one, and I only have. I mean, it was more than that. It was like thirty names, and I only have like twenty. So some of the guys, I don't, I don't feel this is not a, a golf course or a tournament that I feel great about. You can tell because I'm gravitating towards the to the favorites. This golf course is hard. So if you want to look at like par three scoring bogey avoidance, you're looking for some guys maybe with those Texas ties, and you're just kind of searching for some top twenties or some fits. This should be a good course for Sepp Straka. He's reasonably priced this week. He's plus 280 to top 20. I think it's interesting. Emiliano Grillo should be a great fit for a plotter like Emiliano Grillo. Everyone's going to be off of him. His number has plummeted since everyone was going to be on him last week. He's now plus 190 to top 20. I think that's interesting. Lee Hodges plus 280 to top 20. Robbie Shelton, plus 330 to top 20. Robbie's been playing some good golf. This, again, should be a good fit for him. And then I mentioned Trey Molinax earlier, along with Dylan Fratelli. I like Dylan Fratelli on this golf course. A Texas alum. He's had a good finish here in the past. He can do both the driving and the irons. He He's spotty, really streaky player, so it's hard to get a feel for whether he's... You know what he does well and doesn't do well, but he can thump it. There's plenty of room out here. He's played well here before. I think plus 350 and maybe like it's like 150 to one or something uh, is reasonable for him. So I think he's a long shot worth looking at. And I mentioned Charlie Hoffman maybe as a total flyer for like a top ten. He's probably in the 300 to one range or something crazy like that. But I imagine. Um. Or 200 to 1, something like that. But those are a couple guys way down the list that I'm looking at. And then at the top, I like Burns, Scheffler, Hideki. I might get to Hideki at 22 to 1 if I don't get to Burns or Scheffler. Or I might just take take a week off from the 50 to 1s and under. Or wait. Kokrak, that's, oh, that's one more thing I, I meant to mention. Kokrak came way back. He was 9 back when he teed up on Saturday. So... Maybe save a couple bullets for for bets on on Friday and Saturday if the scoring continues to be difficult and you know Scheffler's three under whatever safely inside the cut line but five back of the lead yeah you might get a better number than five and a half to one. Thanks for listening. Uh, again, you can catch up on great light on our uh, previous episodes at theticketnorthernmichigan.com. We are on radio Wednesday nights at 7 when there is not a, a conflict with Michigan basketball or the Michigan football coaches show. So we'll be on a lot this fall and winter. And I uh, appreciate you guys listening on radio and on the podcast. Good luck at the Houston Open.